Welcome to the Cosmic Goodie Bag here on Dash Talk X Radio. I am your host, Carla Cherry. Thank you for joining me. We are delving into the supernatural world, interviewing game changers, authors, ufologists, mediums, sacred sight junkies, even pet psychics. Why am I doing this? Sometimes it's the red pill. Sometimes it's the blue pill. Sometimes you just slip and fall down the rabbit hole and you get a timeshare there. Our mission is to expand our consciousness and find some personal power. Do you want some personal power? I'm tired of watching superhero movies. I want a little bit of that for myself. My guests have studied ancient texts, researched the supernatural, and so together, let's figure out what the heck they're talking about. Strap in. Robert Bingham is known as the infamous UFO summoner. He has summoned UFOs for thousands at events around the world. I got to see him do this at the Disclosure Fest so I can vouch for him. He is also a philosopher, UFO, contactee consultant, photographer, and the host of Strictly Out of the Box podcast. Welcome, Robert Bingham, to Cosmic Goodie Bag on Dash Radio. Well, thank you very much, uh, Carla. Thank you for being here. This is Times 2. This is our second time because we... We shot the first time and we didn't get enough time and now we're doing it again. We're going to get all the stuff in. Okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> all right, so where did you grow up, Robert? I grew up in Lincoln Heights, Northeast Valley. Okay, and then did you have UFO stuff in your family? Was there a history of this or were you the first one? Well, my brothers back in the 50s um, said they saw things. I was just too small. I think the first uh, thing that I've ever saw was during the uh, time when they were um, the first Apollo mission was that was going to land on the moon. Uh, they were on the way to the moon. Okay. We were on a porch. My, we had a, a big house on the, on a hill, and uh, we had a number of people and friends over on the porch. And one of the my father's friends had a binoculars because he just came back from the racetrack or something. And we noticed this red light that was up in the sky and it wasn't moving we tried to figure it out if it was a helicopter we figured it wasn't a helicopter and it just stood there so we watched it and everybody grabbed binoculars and they all took a turn at looking at it when i grabbed the binoculars i looked at it and a flame a short flame came out of it and it oh, disappeared wow. and so that i didn't know you know what what it was i just knew it wasn't normal so how old were you that was 1969 so i was uh about 11. so fast forward to about 15 years old i was always interested in aircraft um so i would always look at books and everything that pertaining to aircraft mm-hmm. or anything that did with missiles rockets and uh so I always looked at planes that would fly overhead. You know, it's just a habit of mine. One particular day, I was about 15 years old, I think, if I recall right, or 16. And I, I heard a plane going over, and it was a single engine, uh, I guess they call them a Piper plane. And so I, as I looked at it, there was an object higher than that. And I, so I concentrated and focused, and it was a uh, cigar-shaped object. And oh, it, wow. it, it was in amber color, like the stone amber. Okay. And it's exactly what it looked like. But it looked like it had uh, windows on it. Uh, but it was long. It was pretty big. So I estimated the, 
the height and all that, and it must have been pretty big. And it stood there, and I realized right there, I heard about cigar-shaped objects before, but I, uh, me seeing it for the first time, I said, wow, UFOs do exist. Wow, they do. They do exist. <laughs> and so um, it, it verified, you know, it just confirmed my belief that UFOs exist. And I had a, another uh, experience. Uh, okay, I was uh, renting a room in a boarding house. It was uh, one of these old Victorian homes in the, in the area. And I had a small room, but I wanted to change to a bigger room when it was available. So the manager, Jaime, <clears throat> I let him know that I wanted to see that room as soon as this guy named, uh, I forgot his name, he moved out. And so... I went over there, and this lady downstairs was looking at it, but they were both um, there, and it was pretty windy. It was, uh, the wind was about 40 miles an hour, and, and this particular room had a little porch. It was on the second floor. And uh, Jaime said, uh, it's a spooky night, and I said, well, we're going to see an alien tonight. That's right. And so I... I went back to the room and I didn't know why I said that. I kept, why did I say that? You know. But anyway, when she left, he called me over and I was looking in the closet space and he was out in the porch and he said, um, Robert, come over here. There's a UFO. I know there's an alien coming down the street. So what he meant to say is there's a ship coming down the street, but he said alien. So mm -hmm. uh, this is in Los Angeles, right? And uh, I didn't believe him, but I went over there after he kept bugging me. So I went over there and I, I was on the porch and I, I looked at, to the left. Eye level was a UFO coming down the street. Was it tree level or? Eye level, second floor. Wow. But it was quite a ways before it got to me. And what did it look like? It looked like, uh, <clears throat> looked like a, a worm like. Okay. It was about 20 feet long, and it had diamond facets. The whole thing was diamond facets. No windows, no nothing. It was just all diamond facets. What color? It was black. Uh, at a distance, it was black. But when it got to where I was and it got in front of me, it was like a, a navy gray, like they have on the battleships or oh, wow. whatever. Did anyone else see it? You, so your friend saw it and you saw it? Yeah. No, uh, we, we didn't see it. was blowing 40 miles an hour. So what really caught me at my attention was that the, the wind didn't affect it at all. Ah. At all. It was like if it was on a monorail, an invisible monorail coming at a certain speed. Wow. And, that, and it just that blew me away, you know. How did, was it able to do that? Right. But anyway, it made this turn, went over the house. And so the next day I took uh, Adrian, which is like my grandson, and I took him fishing, and I said, well, you know what? I'm going to try this. I said, Adrian, do you want to see a UFO? And he said, yeah. He's about three, four years old. And Who wouldn't want? Who wouldn't want to? Yeah, so I, I called them. Like I, you know, I said, I just called them telepathically. And I told them, I want you to go around the clouds like a cursor, you know, like do all these weird moves. Telepathically, I told it. And they did it? And they came in a shiny uh, ship-like, and they did it. Wow. And he got to see it. And so Adrian, during the years of my um, research, uh, he became like my protege. 
I taught him a lot at that age, and he over the years he learned a lot. How old is he now? Uh, he's about 24. So you've had these three experiences. Have you ever felt threatened by a UFO? I never felt threatened. Um, I'm going to share a story I haven't shared yet on the public. Okay. I was out in my backyard, and I used to go out there and take a lot of pictures or daily. My neighbors thought I was, I was quacky or something. And uh, so one day, a ship, uh, like a fighter jet, but it was a UFO. Okay. I spotted him above there, and I took pictures of him. Underneath his belly, it, it, underneath the belly, uh, in, our, in our jet fighters, we carry um, what they call extra fuel pods and okay. after the, to go further distance. And after the fuel pods are empty, they just eject them. Okay. Well, underneath this UFO fighter jet, like, which had a canopy like a fighter jet, and I could see the pilot in there and had a helmet with a face shield, just like a fighter jet. Um, there underneath its belly was an atomic weapon. Really? Yeah. And uh, when I looked to the up in the, in the sky, there was about maybe. I recall about seven or eight more up there. And this thing was jet black and it had like a like a spoiler at the back. It was like triangular. And um, when I went and downloaded it on, on my computer, uh, obviously my computer was compromised because I never got to, uh, they, whoever compromised it, I never got to see it again. What do you mean compromised? Whatever I'm downloading on my computer was already taken. Really? Okay, wait, hold on. When did this happen? Well, this happened quite a while back. Uh, say about. I couldn't tell you exactly, but it was uh, when I, I was mean, living in Alhambra. I didn't keep dates or anything. It was like 80s, 90s, 2000s? No, it, it was about maybe, I'd say about 15 years ago. Okay. So do you think it was um, U.S. government or do you yeah, think? Yeah, I do don't actually know, but I think it was gover some government, whether it was Chinese government or the U.S. government, I don't know. And it was in L.A.? It was in Alhambra. Oh, in Alhambra, okay. So you, you see this, and tell me what it looked like again? It was a triangular-shaped craft. Okay. Really smooth, no rough edges. Okay. No, no, no. And it had a cockpit, and it had a spoiler in the back that came up like that. Okay. So what do you think about it? I realized that uh, what I took in that is that they have the capability of nuking us if they want to, unless that was ours, unless that was U.S. government. How could you tell it was an um, atomic bomb or atomic? I just could. Really? Well, yeah, it was an atomic weapon. Wow. So you think that they have the capability of any type of UFO that's out there? They've reverse engineered it. I believe the U.S. has done all that. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, I Why they were coming to me, because the way they did that is because I was getting too close. I was doing a lot of work, and ah. and maybe they were trying to frighten me off. Okay, so you think it was like a, a little bit of a warning situation? Kind of, yeah. So what type of work were you doing? Well, I was just recording everything, um, but I have a connection, right? So I was recording a lot of things, and... Uh, but then again, it could be the terrestrials doing that 
saying that if they get tired of us, they might nuke us themselves. You know, I don't know. I don't know what okay. to make of it. Okay. So tell me, so, so after you had these experiences and then you realize that you can summon them for the first time with your grandson. Yeah. Um, so then what was next? There's so many things. Um, Did you just start summoning them on a, like a monthly basis? No, I would go out there uh, and summon, but it takes a lot of energy out of you. It takes a living life force out of you mm. if you do it too much. What's yeah. the process like? What What do you actually, take me through the process when you're going to go do that. When I go up there uh, outside when I first started, I would look up in the sky and I would look for a bright blue spot or look, if it was all blue, then I'd look at just one spot. I'd put it, pick a target. Okay. And I look at it with my eyes intensely and go deep in, in space as I could. Does it and, matter what time of day it is? Well, no, it doesn't okay. matter. And I would telepathically tell them to arrive and I would uh, let's do something. What do you want to show me today? And stuff like that. And I believe our eyes are like Superman, like the comic books. Uh, it does send it out. I don't know how it works, but I know uh, it has to, we have this ability. Okay. And then, and, so when you say telepathically, what are you thinking when you're summoning? Or do you, are you saying specific things? I'm just telling them to, to arrive and to, to show up. Some, okay. Uh, nowadays I can command them to show up. Um, like if, if they don't show up, I, I command them because I, I've done a lot of work for them. And if I have to, I command them because, um, you know, I've done a lot for them, so they, they listen to me. Well, so you anyway, think it's a trade-off? Uh, there's a lot of things I do. Um, this Katrina, uh, Dorian, the hurricane, that just, um, mm -hmm. yeah, well, it would have been a hell of a lot worse if it wasn't for what I did. I've done uh, a lot of work for FEMA, and I've uh, prevented like 40, 42 disasters around the world. I so how does that work? FEMA calls you up? No, I have a friend that's... Um, She's very close. She's very high up in FEMA, and she, okay. she's a personal friend that I believe the government sent her to get close to me, and so that's how that works. Wow. Okay. And then when you are, because it's interesting, because I've talked to I talked to a high priestess witch in North Carolina. Okay. And um, what does she, she say? She says that she does the same thing. She. Well, well yeah, you probably. guys should meet. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> but but. Uh, Anyway, I'm I'm pretty, my skills and uh, we all have the ability, I believe, but I have them uh, much more refined and much more, takes practice, a lot of work. When's the first time that you diverted some type of weather situation? Well, I don't, can't recall that. Um, what happened is she called me up and she said, uh, hey, I'm getting deployed right now. I go, right now? She goes, yeah, right now. I'm about to board the plane. I said, well, you're not going to go. Oh, she goes, I don't want to go. She got scared about it. And she said, I don't want to go. I said, well, you won't. She goes, well, how are you going to stop that? I go, I have friends in high places, literally. So uh, I put out there that it was, she won't show. And, and she, she gave me a call back and says, hey, they told me to get off the plane. Wow. Yeah, I stopped it. Whatever she it was, was going into a war situation? No, a disaster situation. Oh, she's going to a disaster. Uh, well, one that's going to happen. One that's going to happen? Yeah, it was in Saipan or Guam. I forgot where it was. But oh, wow. she was going to head on that way because it was going to be a major uh, typhoon or hurricane. I forgot. Wow. But she called me up one day from um, uh, 
she was in Command Central. She called me from there. She goes, Robert, I'm in Command Central right now. Of FEMA. Of FEMA or whatever government or whatever. Because FEMA, when she's on, on uh, wherever she's at, FEMA takes control, whether it's the Navy or the Air Force and all them, FEMA calls the shots. And she's one of those. And so she said something just happened. I'm in command center and we have a satellite visual of the hurricane. Something just happened right now. I go, what happened? She goes, we were looking at the eye of the hurricane and a thing like a laser beam went boom. And it was like, it dropped like, she said, and then the thing just started disappearing. It just started dissipating. I said, well, you know, I told you I was going to do that. So you're connecting to uh, ET, you're connecting to UFOs or ETs, and they are helping you do that? Right, exactly. Okay. Well, they control the weather. The ETs? Yeah, they do. Because I, you know, there's lots of rumors going around that U.S. government can create hurricanes, and that's false, you think? Well, no, it's not false. Whatever the ETs can do, the government's trying to duplicate. Okay. The government wants to be like the ETs. Why would an ET create a hurricane on Earth? Well, it creates tor- tornadoes. They showed me. They showed me that they create tornadoes. That, they didn't tell me why or what. Yeah, why would they do that? But I don't know. I'm not, the, I'm not. Because uh, that seems like dangerous. People die. Well, people die. Generally, people die. We have wars, don't, don't we? People die. But people I People always... make decisions that say, hey, we're going to send all these soldiers and and naturally, a lot of them are not going to come back. Right. So it's the same thing. Whatever they're doing, is, 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 uh, they haven't told me why. But I know that they control the, the weather. But do you think these are good ETs or bad ETs? Well, I, I suspect they're good ETs. But why they do it, I don't know. Do so, you ask? But I don't question, no. Why? Oh, my God. <laughs> You've uh, never asked? I never asked. Why? Some things I ask and some things I don't. And so why would you not ask that one? Because it's not, that part is, it's uh, not for me to know. So I, what, I mean, I asked myself the question why, but you know, I'm not going to ask them. There's certain things I don't ask. Okay. So what do you ask? Or like, what's something interesting that you asked? Well, <laughs> it's all telepathic, you know. Um, if you want to know why the ETs here, there's a coalition of ET planets up there and there's seven of them and they're here to prevent us from blowing up the world. That's what they're here for. Yeah, we're at the edge. It's, it's, uh, wait, um, I'm going to say something. Okay. All you people out there that want to know the truth, wake up, smell the coffee and know what time it is because it's one minute to midnight. On what front? Nuclear. Really? Yeah. U.S., China. It's been like that. It's all countries or specific countries. We're at the edge, and but but um, believe me that the extraterrestrials are are stopped. There, that's why it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been specific instances where things have happened or almost happened, and it's been recorded right on specific famous. Locations yeah, where nuclear course. plants can—I forget the oh, name. They've—they've recorded a lot of things. They have a lot of things. Um, they're neutralizing weapons here and there. And Meaning, they're neutralizing missiles. Right. The United States government 
has a weapon called the cobalt bomb. Now, I'm, I'm putting out information out there so you know that I came out with this information because a lot of these people in the UFO community will start writing books. And I can't stand it because they have they run out of uh, things to talk about and then they look for me and what I say and then they start writing a book. And Why does that bother you so much? Why does it bother me? Because I can't stand people like that. Because they're they're... Yeah, stealing you know, in a sense. Well, it's stealing, yeah. But it, you know, they're not doing it in a good sense, letting anybody know. But they're ma- turning it in. They're making what I'm saying it look like a carny act, but it's not. Now, what I'm saying is, uh, so the cobalt. What is that? The United States has a bomb called the Doomsday Device. Never exploded, and it's called the cobalt bomb. It's a negative atomic explosion. The bombs we have now are positive atomic explosions. When we tested the first one uh, in New Mexico, um, they were afraid that once that thing was blowing up, it would never stop. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that was the chance they took. They took that chance. By creating it. Yeah, they didn't know if it would stop and how it would react. And so the cobalt bomb is the the nightmare that they, uh, they feared in the first uh testing of the atomic explosion. The cobalt bomb doesn't stop, but it keeps on absorbing all the oxygen on the planet and the planet becomes a dormant planet. And so we have those weapons already. The powers that be have the weapons and they keep changing the firing mechanisms. They're very, very uh, ET-like firing mechanisms. Um, But they're constantly changing it because the ETs want to... uh, to neutralize them, but we're using ET technology. The U.S. government—well, I hate to say U.S. government, but the the cabal—it's mm-hmm. uh, above the government. It's- they control the government, but uh, they have these weapons. Once the ETs are able to neutralize that, you know damn well that they're going to come down and take and set order to the planet. But until they do that, because the cabal has the cobalt bomb, they're actually holding the world hostage. And that's why they have all these underground bases for the elite, not for normal people like you and I, uh, that they can run to. And and they tell the, they, the powers that be tell the coalition up there, hey, look, at, we know that you probably, uh, not probably, but you can uh, take us. <clears throat> but you're not because if you, you, we know you want to save the human beings. But if you do... We'll just blow up. We'll kill every living thing on the surface of the planet. Where is this bomb located? Well, that I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but um, Somewhere in the United States. Well, it's probably in a few places around the world. Okay, so it's 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 part three. It's like part one to it. Well, I'll let you know when I know. <laughs> um, but um, that's what we're dealing with. So they're actually holding the world hostage. Wow. Yeah. And where... Does the Kapal get its orders from? Um, well, look, it, um, I'd like you to look at a video I took. It, my my channel is uh, UFO Robert Bingham or Robert Bingham on YouTube. I have a video. You have to go out in a video, line up and pull up a video called uh, Wonton. And I've, I think, I believe I'm the only one in the world that's filmed a reptilian. Um the reptilians that are underneath are calling the shots. Underneath meaning? Well, they're everywhere, but they're 
underneath in earth in earth and yeah okay and they're calling the shots and they're the ones that are telling the politicians the kings and queens and all of them what to do they've been controlling this planet forever okay um but it's time to, uh it's time to leave the lease is up they're getting evicted so the, <laughs> <laughs> which is exciting and also in conjunction with ascension you know, we're rising up. We're and, rising up in ascension. But see. Um, why is now? Why are, Why is the time up right now? Because that's the way it is. Um, and who called that? It's just all written in the stars. Okay. From the Mayans on. It's written in the stars. It's It's been, it's the plan. So these ETs that you're talking to that are good, where are they from? I couldn't tell you. And if anybody could tell you, no, I think they would be lying to you. Okay. Um, I'm part extraterrestrial myself. How do you know that? Well, see, I'm giving up a lot, man. I have to write my book. <laughs> you're getting Don't a really worry good. About you're, it. you're getting a real good show <laughs> for your the bang. Okay. <laughs> um, agents within the government had dropped a pamphlet on my desk at uh, one of these uh, trade colleges that I was going to. I was learning to be a pharmacy technician and I went to lunch and I came back and there was a booklet uh, like FBI papers made into a booklet that was on my desk. Was it scare the, you? No, but it was the front page was like a title of a book and it said uh, DNA ex biological experiments carried on uh, women are generally pregnant women in the United States. But so what the government did is uh, put DNA in certain pregnant people, uh, certain pregnant women and hospitals around the nation uh, to see what would happen. So it's part, part ET. Well, I was, they were trying to suggest that that's what they did to me. So that was like a heavy hint. Like you went to lunch you came back and you're like, well, I told my, my instructor, what? Mr. Gee, I said, Mr. Gee, did you leave this, uh, <laughs> pamphlet uh, on, on my on my desk he goes yeah i did i go i never told you that i was into ufos at all never mentioned it in school at all or anything he goes well i thought you would like to read it your teacher yeah but then again he had told us uh, earlier in the semester that he worked for the naval intelligence too and so i felt that the u.s government went to that him and he left that on my desk so if you have part ET DNA, what are some of the features about no, you? Well, I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't tell you even if I knew. Um, really? No. You don't know. So you never questioned or you never? No, I'm just saying that they dropped that booklet on my desk. And so. Well, you obviously have telepathic. Well, I'm pretty telepathic. Yeah. Communication. Okay. Yeah. So that's going on. So that's probably one of the great abilities. I'm part ET so that I could, that's how I can call them real quick. I can uh, do things like that. Do you ever have memories of past lives or being on a different planet or any of that? Well, I, my time travel thing was a past life. Oh, yes. Please tell me about that. So you have time traveled. I want to hear all about it. Okay. Uh, I had a real good friend named Eva Garcia, and she did meditations uh, once a week at her house. And she had a whole bunch of women, and mostly women, that would uh, meet there and they would meditate. And 
Funny thing about me though is I, I would fall asleep every time and I'd get my the best sleep of my life. <laughs> and I would start snoring, you know. It sounds like me at the latest Quentin Tarantino film. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, she um, she told me different things. It was hard for me to believe some of the things she told me. She told me that I, she told me Robert, you lived thousands of lives. You're an old soul. And sometimes you came back as a woman. And I said, no, Eva, I didn't come back as a woman. <laughs> no, um, no man wants to I, I'm, hear that. I'm strictly man. <laughs> and so anyway, I had, told, I had left to work and I said, you know what, Eva, I'm a realist and you're not a realist. Anyway, the next day, I think it was the next day, I, was, I went to go work at a mansion called the Greystone Mansion. Um, it was owned by uh, Doheny. And uh, we're doing a part of the Star Trek episode on a movie. And my boss said, Robert, go guard the East Gate. But when I first arrived and drove my car up there, I, I felt like I lived there before. I knew everything oh, really? about the ma mansion. Yeah. What type of work were you doing? I was security on uh, movie sets and, okay. and, and commercials and stuff. But anyway, so when I drove up there, I just flashed back and I said, wow, this place is, I already know it. And I this really strange thing happening to me. Wow. The day went on, my boss said, go guard the east gate of the mansion, you know. So I did. I went to the east gate. He says, tell, tell the grips and everything to park on the edge of the, the parking lot because there's a reservoir underneath the parking lot. Anyway, so I said, what do I do after they all come in? He says, oh, just kick it there. So I kicked it. And then I'm looking at the mansion, you know. But I can't. I haven't seen the east side of the mansion. I'm just... From where I was, I could see the rooftop, but I already knew what it looked like, you know, kind of. Wow. And all of a sudden, I, I slipped into this, I'm sitting on this chair, and I slipped into this time travel thing. Not my body, my body was there, but like an astral travel, it was time. And I was there at the mansion, but I was 150 yards away next to the east side of the mansion. So you're kind of above it, looking down? No. Oh, you're just physically that far away. Yeah, and I'm looking at Doheny, and I'm going into his body and looking through his eyes, and I'm looking at Lucy, his wife. And I figured that that's the life, one of my lives I used to, uh, that I was here, you know. Apparently, she wasn't very happy with him because she came walking down this flight of stairs, um, cement stairs, and, and that place was manicured like a, a park, very nice. And she stood there and so Doheny walks up there and I'm looking through his eyes at her and she's looking at me and I'm saying, wow, people, rich people are kind of weird, you know, because they don't yell at each other. They don't even talk at each other. <laughs> and she looks at him like, yeah, I'm going to show you without saying a word. Yeah, you're going to get it. And that kind of look. And I'm saying, wow, wow, what a trip. But without words. And then she walks up and she gives a hand signal to somebody I say, wow, who's she giving that hand signal to, her lover or something? Well, anyway, I'm just tripping on everything, you know, because I'm there and it's real. Wow. It's all real. So wait, I'm, I'm, I'm in 1924. And then the, Doheny's daughter is knocking and pounding on this window. And uh, so then I hear Lucy's voice. She says, stop that. Don't be pounding on that window. Daddy and mommy are going to be up there. And then a whole bunch of college students come walking down this big, uh, long 
brickway that goes this up. This is in the 20s. 1924. And they're singing. Good-looking college students, girls and guys, they're singing. I forgot what they were singing, but anyway. And one of these uh, blondes, uh, I thought she was a very nice-looking woman, young lady. She bends over and says, everybody's waiting for you up there. Hurry up. Come on. Let's go. Everybody waiting for you. And I'm looking through the window of the mansion, and I could see chandeliers with uh, these little white lights that look like flames. And I could see the butlers with their black um, suits with a black bow tie. And so we all start walking up, and they're still singing, uh, singing this, whatever they're singing as we're walking up the, the thing. And then I zap back into my body, and I said, whoa, what a trip. I wish I could do that all the time. Wow. It was that real. Yeah. So you were a security guard on a film at a mansion, mm -hmm. and you sort of dozed off and then I didn't doze off I didn't sleep I you didn't just, just zapped you, out you zapped out of your body you were in your car when it happened no I was in, sitting on the chair you were in a chair and you zapped out and then you were into in yeah the I was scene. there yeah and and, the, and 1924 when I was there at that location where I'm looking there was no trees at all on the side of the mansion where I'm looking at the, the window with the oh, chandeliers really? and all that so when I came back to my body in the chair, I haven't been to that side physically yet. So I walked wow. over there and the whole side of that mansion was covered with eucalyptus trees, tall ones, because 90 years of growth. There was, no, there was no trees at all back in 1920s. So I went behind the eucalyptus trees and I looked at the same windows in the same chandeliers. I said, wow, what a trip. And... Uh, so I went back and I told Eva, and she and she wanted to go the next day. So we both went to the the Doheny Mansion, and uh, I explained to her a lot of things that I that I knew. But she said, "Well, where did you get killed? Because Doheny got killed by his chauffeur. His chauffeur shot him." Oh, really? Yeah. That was not a good ride. No, but I said, "Well, I got killed in and uh, in a place where it's all wood, and there's a wooden staircase." So we went around as we're walking around the mansion and everything. We went to the back, the back where they drive up to the to come out and go in the mansion. And the back is like the front. On mansions, I didn't, I tripped out on that because they got like both sides are like the front door. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a front door, both the front and the back. Yeah, kind of. And so I looked through the, the doors were closed and I looked and I go, here's where it got killed, Eva, because it was all wood and there was a wooden staircase. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why do you think you went back to that particular time? Because I didn't believe that I lived in past. I, well, I did believe that I lived in past lives, but I was I wanted to irritate uh, Eva at that particular moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I I felt sorry for making her feel sad because of the way I put her down and what her beliefs were, and I apologized for that because I, I because I told her I said look at um, I should have an open mind because. Look at what I talk about, the things I talk about. Right. You know, so I, uh, forgive me about that. It confirmed that I lived mm -hmm. past lives. And I always felt that I was one of the Christian crusaders of Templar back in the, the Crusades. Oh, interesting. So why do you think you're being contacted by ETs? Why you? Why? <laughs> because I asked for it. Okay. Do you think anybody can Everybody ask for it? Everybody out there, be careful what you ask for. You <laughs> just might get it. 
when you're communicating telepathically, are you sitting down in your room? Does it matter? Are you do you have to go to a certain place and have like a little no, ritual? No, no, no. I don't have to do any of those things. I always always um, tell people you don't need smoke, you don't need drums, you don't need bells, you don't need all those things. It's pretty simple. When God built you, built us, He built us in a way to be able to do so much, but we haven't been taught that. Okay, I'm bringing it back. Okay. Well, how, how do you telepathically, how do you telepathically communicate with ETs? Well, I just, I'm silent and I just tell them. They know everything. And uh, that's how I telepathically tell them. I talk to them. So are you in a meditation state? No, I don't get into meditation. I really so don't believe. So literally you could be at the grocery I don't store. Believe, I don't believe in meditation. All you folks that meditate out really? there. I really don't. No. I'm okay, sorry. But I'm, I'm sorry. Don't hate me for that. <laughs> I'm just trying to paint the picture. So you're driving to the grocery store and you're just like, la di da talking to ETs. Or no, no, no. are you in your no, I, I I don't talk to them unless I have to. Oh, really? So yeah. it's like a, it's a, it's not like a chat situation. No, uh, uh, I okay. only talk to them when it's necessary. And what would make something necessary that you would have to talk to? One, stopping disasters, one, or when I'm doing an event uh, that they have my back and they do. And they okay. know what's going to happen, and or certain things, you know, that I want to know. It's so and so who approached me. Is are they good? I mean, can I trust them? I really don't think I could trust them because I've had so many people betray me throughout my years of uh, uh, doing my work. Only because um, there's a lot of um, elements in the UFO community that want to suppress me and they want to keep me down because I'm going to say something, and I'm not saying it to brag. Um, a lot of these characters out there that write books and claim all these claims have no substantial proof at all. They never in their wildest dreams thought they would here I would arrive and be able to do all that and really do it. Summon. Really do it publicly and do all the things that I do. It, that's why they try to suppress me. I have so much good film that you think that would have been... Um, on the speaker circuit, they're quick, you know. But no, they, they, they don't want me out there. So you don't get asked to speak at different conferences? No, no, no. Have you ever I, tried? I, Have you ever reached out? Uh, they don't want me, believe me. I've why tried. wouldn't they want you on a UFO? Well, because that would hurt their pocketbook. Because why would you buy their book? when when, Or why would you go out to see him at a, or her at a, at a conference and pay 60, 100 bucks or whatever you pay? Right. Why would you go out there and get burned up in the, by the sun? All the things you got to rent a motel. And I'm doing it downtown free and stuff like that. And I'm approachable. So where, so people can, if people want to, so I, I, I will just say at Disclosure Fest, you were there. Yeah. So you like that one. And mm. you were summoning. I, I, I used to summon uh, at least 15 times a year at the park and places. And it was a nice thing at the beginning, but then all the bad elements of the people would come around me and surround themselves with me really and and, and try to befriend me only to bring me down yeah and try I, to bring I, you down in what it, way and which way is that uh they started their own summoning group and they uh, uh it's they turned it into a, a circus you know okay and i had to cut myself loose from all of them i'm not associated with any of them um uh, um I even forget their names, but 
a lot of them are just not they, they, not they the real they, deal. They, they, yeah, and they don't represent me. There was this one person um, who we we were supposed to do a, uh, a documentary, and he, and he, he's from a big studio, right? And the studio opened up a department called Paranormal, mm-hmm. and so what he do? He took a lot of my information and he went with other people like uh, David Wilcox and different people, and and uh, and it's not working for him. Good. I hope they lose a lot of money. <laughs> well, anyway, but he betrayed me really bad. Oh, wow. And so that's that's what I, but I'm not going to let that affect me. It, right. it does affect me, but uh, I try not to let it destroy me. Well, now you have a podcast. You're going to write a book. Right. You're doing your own stuff. Right. I'm going to rise above all that. Right. But, but anyway, I'm, uh, I am here and I have the real power that they, they say they do, but they don't. You know, when all these people betrayed me, right? I've told them I have the power to give and I have the power to take it away. It. And so that sounds almost like God. Well, you can call it God, whatever you want to call it. But I do have, I, I'm the one that gave them, I, uh, I showed them how to do what they did mm-hmm. and they just ran a rogue on me. And so I took it away. I told my friends up there, man, don't, don't, don't show them nothing no more. That's it. Cut them all off. Wow. That's it. Bam. And they ain't getting nothing. And that's the way it is. Wow. So, it's like a little, like Star Wars. Well, it's, so, it's, it's, they brought it upon themselves anyway. Are you still summoning? Yeah. Publicly? Like people can come, where can people come? Oh, no, no. You're no. not doing it publicly anymore? No, I, it's just, I will if I felt I have to. Okay. Well, you did it at Disclosure Fest. Yeah. But if I wanted to do it again, I can do it. I call up Corey sometimes and say, hey, meet me at Angel's Point and I'll bring some down and he'll go out there and he'll see things. Your and, friend Corey, who's yeah. in the studio. That's super awesome. Well, I was excited to see what I saw when, you know, when you were there. And you were explaining that these little pieces break off. They're, they're representatives of the, a big, larger ship that's well, up there. This is the way it works. You got a ship. Up, you got ships that I've seen that are so huge you can put about six or seven of our largest aircraft carriers on the wings. Wow. Um, so you got these big ships, you know, different. Okay. Some of them are different. You've seen these? Yeah. Um, uh, in Los Angeles? Or? Well, different places. Okay. I've been privileged to do that. That's, what, you know. But anyway, you got these big ships, and then you got these cruiser-like ships that are on there, right? Right. And they're like medium to big ships or whatever. And then you got little share, littler ships that are kind of, you know, and it just keeps going down, down, down until you get oh, to, until you, and then these little ones, these littler ships, they got like orbs that are like drones, but they're orbs. Okay. And the orbs um, say if something happened, somebody was attacking the uh, ship, well, the orbs would sacrifice themselves because uh, that's what they're made to do. They'll take the hit before the ship takes the hit. Right. Um, little soldier orbs yeah they take the hit before the the big ship takes the hit and so that's what they do and then they recon and they report back to the big ship what's going on and bam 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 and those orbs the those orbs they got little orbs thousands of little orbs. really yeah and they can travel so fast that you really can't see them if they if they don't want you to see them you won't see them now i did i tell you i've seen an orb no you haven't so I was 
Um, I've seen stuff too. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and I, um, the first time I ever saw anything, I called it. Good. They, they can read your mind. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was, um, I was sitting on my deck, I was on my desk, I was sitting on my deck and, um, and I just, you know, I'd been doing all this intense therapy with my therapist and, you know, she was saying like, you can go back and look at your childhood if you want. You can, you know, like, a, remember those old, like, um, 1970s uh, little sliders that you can look at. Kaleidoscope. Yeah, things. like you can look at it in your mind. And so I was doing that and I did like a deep meditation. I did that. And then I said, I just, I want to see a UFO. <laughs> I don't want to see my childhood. It was boring. And um, so I shot up this violet light from the back of my head. And I have no idea where I got that idea. It just was like, let's do this. And um, just intensely held that up. And my bird, my totem or my spirit animal is the hawk. So I see them all the time, hawks all the time. I've seen sometimes like 14 and like, um, and on special days and specific times, but I saw two hawks, they circled, they went up and up and up and up and up and up until they disappeared. And I've never seen hawks do that. And so I knew they were showing me, this is where you're supposed to look. And then I saw craft. I saw um, that first time was um, a very bright white craft. And there was one, and then there was three, and then there was five. And it was broad daylight, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, but they were up in the clouds. And then suddenly a plane went through them, and they disappeared. That's awesome, huh? Yeah, it was my first time, and it was amazing. And um, and then, but I wasn't, um, you know, like, ah, you know, I wasn't, like, overly. No. It was just a calm feeling, and it was also, like, I just, it, it was a confirmation. That's, that's confirming that you, that you always had it. Right. Yeah, that's all. You all you had it all the time. Everybody's looking, and it's right inside them. And they have it, so we have to look inside of us. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely like, and I've been to one of those um, summoning things before at a festival and not yours, but another one. And um, it was funny because they were doing all these things and they were um, singing and doing meditations and playing music and doing old scripture things. <laughs> like, I fell asleep. I fell asleep on the side. I didn't see anything. And I like, I was super tired too. Um, but with this time, it was it was super rad. And then another time where I saw an orb, I was in uh, Malibu and it was a pink orb. It was about that big. Awesome. And I was, I thought I, my brain could not put it together while it was happening because I've never seen anything well, like it. Pink stands for love. Uh, that's awesome. It was showing you some love. Yeah. I mean, I was, it was me. I was meditating. My friend was there. She was way, she was far away from me. And um, I was just kind of enjoying. There's this place in Malibu that I just, I connect into. I think there's different energy points. And um, I've always been drawn to that one. And um, I thought, oh my God, is it coming up from the waves? But it was too far up and it made no sense. Cause you know how there's bubble and there's foam. And well, my brain was trying to make sense of it. And then I finally realized like, I thought maybe did somebody blow a bubble from way on the cliff and, I just try to think of all these things, and then I realize, like, no, this is this is actually real. This is real. This is an orb. It's about that big. Mm -hmm. 
It was perfectly spherical. And um, and then once I realized it was there, I said, oh, my God, do something so I know, you know, and it moved back and forth. Um, and then it went away. And I was like, Way. <laughs> where are you going? Um, but it was awesome. And um, so that's why, um, yeah, I'm into it. Good. Yeah. Um, can I share experience? Yes. Uh, I went to, I got invited to the learning, I think it's, they call it the learning light in Anaheim. Okay. And I did it there and I brought in a lot of uh, stuff, but I was in the back and I looked and I called them, you know, telling them telepathically show up mm-hmm. as I never did anything at, in Anaheim. And, and as I'm looking, I seen one just like the Wizard of Oz, just come out of another dimension and just like this, like a little tiny thing, and it just started boom, 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 turned into a white, bright orb. Wow. And you, do you remember the Wizard of Oz when the uh, the good witch, she comes in an orb? Yes. The, when the orb just starts appearing, mm-hmm. it starts growing, and then it appears, and it's boom. Just like that. Well, that's the way it was. So they come out of uh, space and they come from the ocean and they come out of different dimensions. They do a lot of things. Uh, I never uh, doubt anything about what they can do. So, um, I don't know. Why aren't there more of them? There's doubt. There's millions of them. There's multi-millions of them. Do you believe that there are millions of them and that we just don't see them, like they're all around us? No, 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 no. There's millions of them. I one time had millions come. Really? Millions, yeah. Um, Whoa. But they're capable of doing a lot of things. One thing uh, that they're able to do, they know the, you might say the manual on the human being. They know what the eyeball is capable of doing. Everything. Everything about a human being is... They know everything. Um, they're just the like capabilities. A higher, they're higher. The capabilities. Uh, so they can fool you. Uh, they can make you see something and others, many others people won't see it. Okay. So it's like a special message for you specifically. Well, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're capable of doing a lot of things. I just, you know, I, I'm always looking forward to see something that I haven't seen yet. You've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. Yeah. I mean, you've seen uh, these beings that look like snakes and well, amoebas. No, 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 no. Um, on the video wonton, I seen, you know, I videoed uh, a craft, which was like a uh, Skype. The, the, the craft was Skype. What do you mean Skype? All right, say the craft. Mm-hmm. It was Skype, meaning the whole craft that was going through the air was a Skype craft, meaning what the craft was looking at me. And as I freeze framed the, the film and I looked at it, I saw the uh, King Reptilian and his uh, priestess. Uh, yeah. And so it was Skype. They were looking at me through the, the whole ship as a TV screen. And I was looking at them. I mean, it happened so fast. Oh, I had wow. to take it and put it in front of a monitor to realize what I captured. So it wasn't actually there. It was just a, like a screen where they're watching you and you're watching them. Yeah, but I only could watch them when I put it on a monitor because I couldn't really tell as it was going kind of fast. Not fast, but 
it was moving. And I, I don't have great eyeballs, you know, they know that. But they didn't know that I would uh, snip parts of that video and then blow them up and then see that. They were looking at me, yeah, well, that was a trip, the whole Skype. <laughs> but their, their technology is really super. So wait, when you saw Millions, where were you? What was that like? Uh, I was in uh, East LA. I was at, um, I'm going to give a little free advertisement to Manny, our local uh, Tapiac Burritos. I was there in the parking lot and uh, I had called them and uh, millions of them were coming out from the sky. But what was amazing is not not everybody was noticing it. So you're seeing it not everybody else is seeing it. Right. So they have the capability of showing you something specifically in broad daylight that other people cannot see. Right. Millions. And were they white orbs? Were they they orb-like? They were white and red and... uh, were they orbs, like spherical? Orbs, spherical, but wow. but translucent that you could see kind of through them, and so, you know, things like that. That was a that particular time they came in billions down from space. So, do you believe that these beings are um, way ahead of us technology, technologically, right? Spiritually, all of it. Well, I, we're catching up. Okay, what do we have to do to catch up? We have to believe. Believe in believe that there is a higher intelligence than us human beings down here on earth and that if you open up and you ask to receive the, the knowledge you will receive the knowledge you just have to ask for it most people think they have it all because they went to college or or they feel that they're capable of understanding everything and they and they're far from that but but you have to ask you know you have what to is seek. some what are some of the things that you've so learned this is the thing you have to do Okay. You have to knock and the door will be open. You have to seek and you shall find and you have to ask. Oh, wait. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. What are you finding? What are you asking for specifically? Well, I don't want to get all that in the, out there. For, um, I gave enough, I think, right <laughs> now. Uh, but I'll, well, I'll give you some thing. other stories. One thing. like, No, I just want to know because we're in this, you know, they... So you said we're in this very specific time where we're waking up. I'll, I'll say it. Um, okay. All right, all, all you folks and all you truth seekers, remember this. You're living in the greatest time in history. You have a box seat ticket for the greatest show on earth coming. It's here. Oh my God. You, <laughs> that's like a big cliffhanger. That's it. What's the biggest show? Like what's so, what, why is it the big show? Why is it the big show? Because this is it. This is the ascension process. Okay. So um, unfortunately, a lot of people are going to probably die, uh, unfortunately, because men cannot learn without um, traumatic events like that. Okay. And so when people do die, wow, uh, that's a, then we that's, w- then we, you're dropping major bombs. Well, then we won't repeat the, 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 that type of behavior or inventions or whatever that cause that all to happen okay that's the only reason this is happening in the next 50 years well it's going to happen i'll give you the year the timeline is 1922 i mean the year 2022 okay yeah that's when a big event's gonna occur. that's when yeah so for those of us who don't want to die in 1920 in, no 2022. In 2022 um what should be in our preparation kit <laughs> well your preparation should have a a, a a seed bank. Seed bank. Yeah, because you're not going to be able to eat your money or your diamonds or your gold or any of that sort of things. You better have some seeds. 
So everybody should be prepped with a seed bank. That's the best bank account you probably could have. Should we be in cities or in, are you going to be Everybody should have a seed bank. Will you be in Los Angeles in 2000? Yeah, I'll be here. Yeah, I'll be here. I'm not going nowhere. So that's, that's it. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. If I'm going to survive, I'm going to survive. If I'm not, I'm not. What type of disaster are we talking about? Well, that I couldn't tell you. (laughs) All right. Wow. You know, because you hear little rumblings of that throughout this community. I I hear rumblings of like disasters coming. Well, you know, Nibiru is on its way. Uh, the planet. Yeah. And it's already, it's magnetic pool is already shifting our, our pole shift about 30, uh, one third. Okay. We're off about one, uh, 33 degrees from our normal spin cycle. We're off about 33 degrees. The government's not telling you. When Nibiru gets here, what are they going to, what's, what? Well, see, that's when we all are going to put in, um, telepathically are going to go into that spot when we're going to make we're going to shift the earth. Uh, we're going to shield the earth, I mean, and not let whatever neighbors uh, affect us. When you have millions of people doing the same thing, uh, putting that energy out there, it's like a bubble. It's like a plastic around, like a, a shield, shield, like a, a force field, uh, which is going to prevent the, um, Nibiru from doing the harm it could do to us. Because Nibiru has harmed the earth many times before, but this time it's not, that ain't going to work. Nibiru harms the earth how it just caused, by a sheer it, it, force it, it, coming it, it, in or doing well, it's mag, it's magnetic pool will cause a, a polar shift okay it might send us into the ice age again uh or stuff like that uh earthquakes and all that where the old whole earth is shaking but but see with our shield that we're gonna have it's not gonna happen this time this is a different time so when you go in and you affect natural disasters and it takes all this energy from you are you concentrating really hard or what do you do? No, no, no. I don't do any of that. Um, I just put out the command. That's all I do. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I'm I'm here and I'm out there already. I took a picture of my ethereal self. Oh, somebody took a picture of my ethereal self. You showed it to me. Yeah, well, see. Uh, so I'm there and I'm here. People from, uh, might say the government, uh, already know that. Okay. That, and that's why I'm able to do what I do. Do you have friends in the government or do you just? No, no, but I recognize them when they come around me. You do? Yeah. So when they come around you, they're just curious? I'm clairvoyant, remember? Right. So when they come around you, are they trying to harm you or are they just curious? They're just around? No, they always talk in riddles and you got to figure out the riddle. Yeah. It sounds like men in black. Something like that. They, ne- they never talk straight. We're like, hey, Robert, you know, blah, blah, this is the plan, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, they talk in riddles, man, where you have to kind of figure it out, read between the lines and figure it out. And that's the way they are. I don't understand that myself. And they're warning you or they're telling you what's well, next? Well, there's many things that, that are happening. Like, I'll tell you right now, Elvis Presley and Michael Jackson, they're alive. And where? Well, just take my word for it. They're alive. Michael Jackson, because I heard a rumor that he was beamed. Well, I don't know about all that inquiry stuff, but I'm telling you, I saw Elvis Presley, and he's alive. So, I mean, you can either believe me or not. I mean, I saw him myself. You saw him in Los Angeles? Yeah. 
I saw him in, uh, I can't say too much about this, but I saw him on in La Cienega uh, next to Santa Monica Boulevard at a restaurant. Why would they fake the death of Elvis Presley? Mm-hmm. I can't divulge that. I know the information, but I can't divulge that. Okay. But I, I, I'm uh, associated with his first daughter. Elvis Presley has eight kids, eight, eight fathered eight kids from eight different women. His first kid is uh, Deborah Presley Brando. Uh, she's a very, very close friend of mine. And that's how I have uh, got involved in that. And as I was doing uh, a television show, a uh, uh, federal agent had told me about Michael Jackson. I let, they made me hear it so I could hear it. But anyway... I don't want to go too deep in that. That's I just fine. was throwing out a tip for everybody. That okay. They're both alive. Wow. So they would, yeah. So there's a lot of things in this world, man. You know, it's not all what you what it appears to be. So you got to be little, you know, look, be focused. Like I said, wake up, smell the coffee, and know what time it is. Yeah, so when you say wake up, and we'll end on this because we've got we to wrap up, but... Um, so if there is a nuclear weapon that we're being held hostage, you know, and it's, it's, and you said, wake up, what can we do about it? What can you do? It? Um, just use your tele- telepathic uh, power and just, um, all you have to do is command it kind of and, and put, put it out that that's not going to happen. Okay. Nibiru's not going to affect our planet. And, uh, but, you know, as far as uh, a number of people dying, you know, you, you know, got wars. Uh, there might be a nuclear accident, or it might be a terrorism uh, nuke going off here and there. So there's a number of things that might happen. So bad things can happen, but you're saying like I'm just trying to get some hope and. Well, the main thing is Nibiru. The the main focus, because if Nibiru does the damage, it's gonna be it's all over, folks. Mm-hmm. And. It's being tracked. You can actually see where it is. Yeah. Okay. And so what everybody can do on their own individually. Uh, you want me to just tell more stories? So. No, I don't need, I'm not trying to drag more stories, but I'm just trying to say like, I like to end on what can we do? Like what can each individual person do? Find the truth that you are the son of God. Therefore you are God. Okay. What else? So God didn't leave you without any tools. He gave you all the tools you need. So it's more of a personal journey, like just. It's to- a personal journey. The journey is yours, and so uh, you are. We always say that He's our Father, right? Therefore, if He's our Father, I got the attributes of God. I just got to claim them. So you connect in. So you're connecting with God as well I'm, as ETs. I, I'm a conduit. I plug into God. Okay. I'm a conduit. And, um, and everybody has that thought that yeah you just gotta plug in what I'm trying to say plug in find out who you really are you know um, oh, folks it's all real what I'm talking about so whether you believe in it or not I'm not I'm not lying I'm not out to hoodwink you or anything so find yourself the time is here I hope I showed you the light in some way or form or fashion um my saying is wake up, smell the coffee, and know what time it is because we are um, a minute to midnight. And time's changing. You'll notice it. You feel it. I'm sure all of you feel it. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at UFO Robert Bingham on YouTube. 
and robertbingham.org. And you can uh, also friend me on Facebook if you want. That's where you can find me. Okay. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me here on Dash in Dash Studios um, for Cosmic Goodie Bag and to be continued. Okay. Yes, we'll continue this. Maybe <laughs> I'll give you, I'll remember what I was supposed to tell you. <laughs> what? Oh, you're such a cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. So that just means we have to do this again. Thank you so much. Thank you so have much. Have a great day. Carla. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.